Hello and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotos and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life, in finance, in health, in mindset and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I've got Charlie King here. She follows me on Instagram. We've known each other about six months or 12 months, maybe, who's a yoga instructor. I made a post the other day about um, women coming off the pill, and she's reached out and um, had a few comments. So I said, maybe we should just get on a podcast and have a chat about it, um, her experience with it and coming off it and her opinions on it. So welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for coming down. So... Let's just start. What do you think about the pill? How many years were you on it? What do you think the negative side effects are? Do you think it's beneficial? Okay, so I first went on the pill when I was 15 and I only came off it um, a few years ago and I was 27. So I was on it for quite a while. And the reason why I reached out to you is because I obviously saw your post and I think sometimes we can forget as to why women can become quite desperate in needing a solution for experiencing really horrific periods. And um, they can be really debilitating and painful and just just so many things. And that's what I was experiencing from the age of like 11. So I was I went through that for quite a long time. So I went on at 15. Yeah. And, and it was only once I moved to Australia that my whole outlook on health and wellness completely changed. And yeah... So, yeah, that's why I went on at 15. When you say, mm. when you say, um, like, there's no, like, what do you say about females needing a solution to believe? So, um, from my experience, when I was a teenager and I was experiencing, um, for most of my teenage years, like two periods a month. And they were heavy and I became anemic and I felt, I just felt terrible. I was in so much pain. I remember one day um, being out with my grandparents and my granddad had to carry me back to the car because I just couldn't get off the floor. I was in so much pain, um, just crippling stomach cramps that went down my legs. Um, and it got to the point where I was desperate and I just needed help because, yeah, I just felt terrible. So yeah. you're saying you go on the contraceptive pill? To fix a yes, period. Yes, that's what I, yeah, that was my, the reason why I went on it at 15. Yeah, and right. that was this, that at that time when I went to my GP and said, I'm experiencing um, horrendous pain, heavy periods, mm. I'm having two periods a month. That was literally just like, here, try the, I think you need to go on the pill. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't want to um, mm. because I actually, it sounds really stupid, but at the time of going, of being 15, I just assumed that people who were on the pill were only on the pill because mm. they were using it for contraceptive reasons. And I, mm. for some reason, I really didn't want to be attached to that. That's my own stuff though. Mm. Um, but I decided that, yeah, okay, I need some help. So I started taking the pill and I was given some really strong um, painkillers too, yeah, right. which I began to rely on during that time. Um, whenever I was experiencing a period mm. and it, it helped for a little while. It did help for a bit. A little while. A little while. And then within um, probably, so for the first year, it took a while for them to kind of regulate and to settle down. And the 
heaviness side settled down, but mm. the pain didn't settle down. And very soon after being on the pill, and I was on the combined um, oral combined pill as well, which is estrogen and progesterone. Um, I started to experience really horrendous headaches, like really, really, really horrendous headaches. And that would always be the week that I'd come off the pill and have that week's break. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm saying like headaches that last 48 hours plus and sometimes would need quite strong painkillers to go to sleep to hopefully wake up and not have a headache anymore. And is, I remember... Is sorry. that withdrawals? I th well, this is where it gets interesting. So I went to my GP again and said, I'm experiencing really horrendous migraines. And they basically told me it was normal. Yeah, and right. that um, it's just basically where the hormonal levels have changed. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite normal. But then when you look at the side effects of the pill, one of the things it says is, so, you know, stop taking the pill immediately if you experience migraines. And mm. that's what I started to experience. Yeah, well. But I was told it was... I was told it was normal. So I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know any better. It's, it seems so backwards to me to recommend something that's for stopping you getting pregnant to something that's just a natural part of your absolutely. cycle. Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. And so I know I, I took that on and was on the pill for a, a long, long time and um, relied on it basically. And sometimes mm. I, because I didn't want to experience those horrendous headaches mm. um, on those week breaks, I would continuously take my pill for so many months at a time and oh, not wow. have a period. Yeah. Wow. And I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, that is just, it's terrible. But would a lot of women do that? Yes, absolutely. Really? I know some women that haven't had a break for a long, long time. What are we talking? Like, like over a year, yeah, like wow. maybe more, um, mm. because they don't want the inconvenience of the discomfort, the pain, um, perhaps that period's going to happen when they're on holiday or something like mm. I've done it I've taken the pill continuously because of those reasons oh I'm going to be on my period on my holiday oh stuff that I'll just keep taking my pill mm. Mm. crazy I once um your mum who told me she wasn't coming off the pill because she didn't want to go through menopause and that kind of blew mm. my mind and I know someone that's just been put back on the pill and they're in their 40s because they've got they're experiencing um horrendous painful periods again and they are premenopausal as well but they've just been put back on the pill and knowing what I know now and how I've helped my cycle to be where it is now mm. there's so many other solutions and things to try instead mm. of just putting synthetic hormones into the body the thing is we can't just assume that these things aren't suitable for everybody because for some people for a while they have to do things they don't want to do just to get things settled, you mm. know what I mean? And then hopefully you'd like to think that a GP could say, right, let's put you on the pill. We'll, we'll put you on here for a, a few months, maybe to a year. And then in that time, let's start looking at your hormonal levels. We'll start doing some blood tests to see what you're lacking in, to see what could be contributing to the pain you're experiencing, the inflammation in your body and mm. working out what you could implement into your into your life to reduce those symptoms and then come off the pill. But I don't know if that's really ever discussed because mm. it was never discussed with me. Why would you even do the pill option? Like, wouldn't they just do the hormone option initially? As in like testing your hormones and stuff? Yeah. Well, it costs time and, well, it's time and money, isn't it? Yeah. Right. It costs, um, it, it, things like that would cost the health system a lot of money. 
So it's probably easier and cheaper right. to go. Is the pill like covered in Australia or not? To be honest, ah, uh, do you know what? Because I came off the pill and I came to Australia, I'm not actually 100% sure. It, yeah, it's right. covered in the UK. Yeah, right. Um, but when, yeah, so it's covered in the UK, but that may have changed as well because mm. things change all the time with regards to what they fund and what they don't fund. Mm. So maybe it is covered. I'm not sure. Or maybe they can make some money. I don't know. Well, I always think about that straight away because if the pharmaceutical company is influencing these decisions, right, and then the government, they've just convinced the government that they need to pay for it for the people. So the people are like, oh, it's so good. The government's paying for it for me. So it's easy for me. I don't need to pay for it. But all that's happening is the government's collecting taxes from everyone and giving it straight to the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, I know. So it's just this, like, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's the easiest game for them. They don't do anything. Mm. They just control the government like that. Yeah. And I would suggest now, I think, well, now you said that, the same would be for um, antidepressants and anti-anxiety yeah, medication. Anxiety, yeah, exactly. And which, and all of it. yeah, which I've taken before as well. Yeah, wow. Um, for a long time. Yeah. And once you get, once you get on those medications, Coming off them is horrendous. It is awful. Mm. It's painful. Um, actually, physically, it's horrendous. Mm. So for a lot of people that have tried to come off them, it's too uncomfortable. And I have been that person that has tried to come off anti-anxiety medication and just couldn't. I, my body just was having these horrible withdrawals. And so I was I can't do this. And I went mm. back on them again. Yeah, well. Because I just felt like that was my you're only option. You're stuck in a, then you're fully stuck in the cycle, right? You can't get off them. Absolutely. Because you come off and you go, wow, it was actually helping me. So you go yes, back on. Yes, yes, absolutely. And because it's so much more overwhelming when you come off, mm. then you attach to the identity of anxiety yes. even further. Yes, absolutely. And I'll be honest, I'm still on them now, but I, oh, well. I'm wanting to come off them completely because I'm yeah. sick of putting fake shit into my body yeah and I've learned tools since moving to Australia my life has changed so much I've learned tools now to help me mm. when feeling slightly overwhelmed or you know when I need to calm my nervous system mm. and like you just said not attaching to that physical sensation mm. um, but I think sometimes you know you can talk to certain people and I have felt this as well especially within some people in the wellness community um, there's such a stigma attached to people that are on medication and I have felt that as well and I felt ashamed that mm. that I'm on them but you know it's once you're on these things it's really hard to get off them but it's mm. just just perseverance and it's just going through like I, I keep saying this in my yoga classes as well we have to experience being uncomfortable we have to be comfortable with becoming um, uncomfortable mm. to allow us to grow, yep. experience discomfort. Because once you get past that hurdle, wow, there's so much you can learn from that. Yep. Whether you apply that physically to yoga practice or mentally. Mm. Like I was doing Bikram yoga on Tuesday. And Bikram yoga is really hard. Like mm. physically, it's really hard. It's hot. You know, your um, heart rate's up. There's so much information being thrown at you. But afterwards, you feel fucking amazing. Mm. So there's always, and you learn so much. I could, I remember my first Bikram yoga class, um, I actually went to that when I, uh, my granddad had passed away um, and I was really close to my granddad. So I needed something to, that's, that was the start of my yoga journey actually was um, Bikram yoga. And uh, it was the first time for a long time that I was able to get out of my head and into my body. Mm. And it just taught me that, and it still teaches me today that, you know, however much 
it may be really painful at the time. There's so much to learn from that discomfort. It's really valuable. And like mm. anything, you can apply that to anything in life, can't you? Anything. Anything. Like you were saying the other day in one of your um, stories about when plans don't go the mm. way they're meant to in mm. your head. But that p some people just need to stick to that plan and it's never going to work. Yeah. You need to just free flow like water. Mm. And as you use that analogy, like water, when it hits a rock, it moves around it. It doesn't mm. just stop. And there's so much growth from that. Mm. So that was a bit of a tangent. That's good. <laughs> Drift like a cloud and flow like water. There's so much yeah. in that. Like if you just sit with that yeah. as a metaphor for life, because mm. like drifting like a cloud, like a cloud doesn't care where the wind takes it. No. And water doesn't care what's trying to stop it. No. It's just like, okay, now I'm going this way. Mm. Um, but what was I going to say on the yeah adversity and change? Any anything you come through, like even if you're drinking alcohol, you're drinking coffee, you're smoking cigarettes, like mm. doing drugs, like mm. I can relate to coming off every single one of those things, mm. and it's not easy. So it'd be the exact same. Do you not drink coffee anymore? Uh, I just started again like two days ago. Oh, like I just I had like a m month off, but okay, yeah. no reason. I used to be a lot worse. Like I could. You, have um, to, you wouldn't function with I used caffeine. to need it. And now yeah. it's funny, like even if I have two days and have one off, I get that feeling. I just yeah. hate the, because I go from like so early to so late at night. Yeah. If I have a coffee in the morning, I can't keep going in the afternoon as well. Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and that's because, it, you know, it's like anything, you need to keep having it to get mm. that buzz. Yeah. So I, I, I stopped having caffeine. Oh, gosh, about two and a bit years ago. Yeah, well. Because I was experiencing um, physical stuff like heart palpitations. I had to have my heart checked because I was having really bad heart palpitations. Like, mm. you know, I'd ha experience like 10 in an hour. Yeah, well. And it would take my breath away. And so I had to, I had some tests done and my heart was fine, thank goodness. But yeah, mm. I was like, okay, let's just quit the caffeine which was fine i mean the first few days headaches mm. and stuff and I, I don't touch alcohol anymore either and yeah. i know it's now when i do have the occasional i tell you i don't touch it at all i do have the occasional drink and when i do i can feel that in my body yeah, so i'm same. like yeah this is this stuff is bad yeah same with me <laughs> like i can have one or two now and i'm headache yeah it's terrible and you yeah. feel so gross the next day it's disgusting poison it is poison and um, I, I have got people in my family that they are functioning alcoholics. Yeah, It's course. devastating. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I think, a lot, I think the, the word, I know we're going to go on a new tangent, but the word mm. around alcoholic, like people attached to this thing that you're like someone in the street drinking yeah. out of a, oh, absolutely a not. paper bag. But yeah. there's so many people drinking oh, two or three drinks a night. To you, relax as well. You're an alcoholic. If you're drinking every night, you're an alcoholic. Yes, and especially um, uh, an example of someone I know very, very, uh, very, very closely. You know, they're drinking, I think at their worst was like, it was something crazy, like 60-something units a week. Yeah, well. That is a lot. That is a lot. And, and there's a lot of underlying stuff there as to why hmm. they're, they're needing to have alcohol because it's a distraction technique for that person. I mean, they're ex-military. I mean, you could go on to yeah. talk about a lot of stuff that that person would have experienced um, being a Royal Marine. And, yeah, like, he needs he he needs alcohol to, I suppose, as a, a form of escapism. Mm. But it's... Um, he doesn't really need it if he found something else. He, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's yeah. I think it's a generational thing as well, actually. Mm. 
because he's in his 50s um, and yeah. yeah a lot of that generation they'd come home after work and they'd have a oh I need to have a, a beer to relax and you mm. see that a lot of, especially for our, people know our dad's age and stuff mm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now that pe- like people younger like the younger generation I'm hoping actually I shouldn't say thinking I'm hoping that they're not going down that route there's more awareness around it but I think so. Yeah, I think so there's too. A, there's obviously you can mix in that crowd if you want. Like you'll yeah. find you'll find it if you're looking for yeah. people that drink. But there's huge um, amount of you know collective mm. consciousness expanding and just yeah. dropping all the shit that doesn't matter. And it's just so just it's just so destructive. Yeah. Not mentally, but physically. I mean, the body. It's just like I say, it's poison. It's mm. horrendous. And there's a reason why when people who are alcoholics suddenly quit drinking altogether, go teetotal. Mm. they quite often end up in intensive care because their body shuts down because their body is so addicted to the alcohol. Mm. They can't, you just can't come off that stuff like a switch because mm. it will kill you. Yeah, right. And again, you could look at, well, how how is that, how are we able to easily access this stuff if it's that damaging to the body? Yeah. Mm. And it's like they can make a lot of money off tax and whatever, mm. like you know so i just don't keep get it, it. also keep a um, population sick and also keep a population numb and keep them entertained like if you drink Absolutely. then you find things entertaining that you probably wouldn't yeah and you're you know more yeah. compliant absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and you're more happy to live your miserable life because you go to your mm. miserable job and you go home and you drown your sorrows and you go do it again yeah whereas if you sat there at home instead of being depressed and go how can i create a better life mm. for myself and yeah. worked on that instead of having a drink. Even just meditating, right? Yeah. Because that's bloody painful as well. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I know that you're an avid meditator. Mm. Um, and I do practice daily now. But sometimes I will try and do anything to avoid my practice. Because yeah. my mind is so noisy. It's so... It's just... Ah, it's just so um, overwhelming sometimes, but I just learn yeah. to be okay with that. It's fine. Your mind is your mind. It's doing what it's supposed to do. That's what makes us different from animals. Is we yeah. have a conscious mind, so of course we're we're meant to think. But it's just not attaching yourself to yeah. those thoughts, which I and know just, you know all just, that stuff. And just but. watching it. Yeah, and just going. Oh, that's interesting. Why does that come up? Huh. Mm. But yeah, like it's it's really so. Even suggesting that to. Um, some people that would prefer to come home, mm. stick the TV on, drink. They're just like, oh, all of those things are just they're just um, suppressing everything again. Like Absolutely, you're entertaining your mind with Absolutely. stimulation. But if you shut yeah. your, if you just sit there and shut your eyes, it's all going to come up. It's like when we yeah. get bored, grab our phone. It's like yes, the people, phone is disgusting. People are uncomfortable sitting in silence. Yeah, they are, and I see that. So <laughs> we see it everywhere, don't we? Like, you know. I can go out into the waiting room and every single patient is their neck is down towards their chest. They're just looking at their phone. And, mm. and a lot of these people are like sort of 60s plus. And mm. I'm just like, wow. Like no one's making eye contact anymore. No one's, mm. no one's even just reading a book. Yeah. Like I make a purpose. If I go anywhere, I'm going to have to wait around. I take a book with me. I'd rather look at a book than sit on my phone. I just find mm. it so mind numbing. Mm. But it's for a lot of people, it's a, an addiction. They don't even know they've got. Because it's just, you, before you know it, your phone's in your hand, isn't it? Mm. And you're just scrolling through shit. I do think the, I do think a book is way better, but you, but a book is still 
entertainment. It is. Like it's absolutely. still stimulation. It is still stimulation. But when you're yeah. on Instagram scrolling, you'll probably find some, sh- like you're consuming oh. nothing a hundred thousand times. Like Whereas a book this, at least is yeah. going to give you some information. Yes. Yeah. Especially these bloody TikToks. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't, I know you've got TikTok, you've got TikTok, haven't you? I've got it. As a, as a way um, to make your videos. Yeah, because people are <laughs> resonating. Well, I think it's getting to more people. Instagram's too hard to get to people. Yeah. So, so I don't have TikTok. I, when that first came out, I was like, no, nah, I'm not having that. And I recently <laughs> I deleted Facebook too. Because yeah. I was just like, I needed less. Because I just found myself just spending too much time, just wasting my energy just looking at shit. Yeah, exactly. So I just took that off. And I have the Instagram because of the yoga side of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. To help promote classes and things. Yeah. And to stay connected with people. But... Yeah, as soon as TikTok came along, I was like, nah, I'm not going down that. Mm. And I don't have Twitter either. Mm. I find Twitter is just, um, from what, well, people love it, but it just seems like a, a place for people just to throw their shitty opinions at each other. And yeah, yeah. it's just all <laughs> journalists, basically. Yeah. Siding with which party they want to side with. And it's pretty gross. Pick your turn. I had, mm. there was something I, um, when you were talking about coffee before, yeah. I thought about uh, if you're, if you're someone who, and I wanted to word it like this because I think it's important to not attach to anxiety. But if you're someone who struggles with the feelings of anxiety, mm-hmm. um, coffee's obviously not going to help that. That's what, another reason why I came off it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To try and sort of alleviate mm. those symptoms. And anxiety and the feeling of anxiety is very common um, around the time of your period as well, just before. Mm. So I, I, there's been times when my, uh, I've suddenly felt really sort of, um, I, I like to describe it as flighty, like just not just flittering from here to there, just mm. really ungrounded. And I'm like, oh, why do I feel like this? And then I go, ah, oh, I'm due on. That's probably why. And then once I've done that, I'm like, oh, okay. And that kind of settles that anxiety down. Mm. Yeah, it's weird, but that they where the hormones are changing that can cause those sensations and anxiety as well. Mm. It's quite interesting. What do you think about? Did I say this? And it's quite controversial, but <laughs> not saying like, if you say I, I have depression or I am mm. depressed, then you are creating, you're telling yourself that you are that. But if you're, if you instead just say, I'm feeling like the sensations that come with, mm-hmm. I don't know, being depressed or what's a better way to do it? Like in this moment, I'm feeling these sensations and that's it. Mm-hmm then you're not even bringing depression into your life yeah, I think or that's anxiety good, yeah. into your life. Like if you just say, I'm feeling, you know, butterflies in my stomach yeah. instead of anxiety, then you're yeah. never even bringing the fact that anxiety exists in your consciousness. Mm, no, that's very true. And it's the difference between saying I'm feeling and I am. Mm. Yeah. And I used to be. Because we can feel constantly and it's always changing. Every yeah. moment is a new feeling. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, emotions is just energy emotion, right? Yeah. So, you know. Um, and I used to be one of these people, one of these people that was like, I am someone that has anxiety mm. and I've changed that recently because I'm mm. like, no, it's just a fleeting sensation. Mm. But there are people that are just stuck in that cycle and it's really chronic and it's, you know, it can be really, um, really, it can be really hard to switch out of that. Mm. And my therapist once said to me, and it's so true, and I, this is where I catch myself doing it. She said to me, the trouble is with people that are prone to feeling quite anxious, mm. they naturally navigate towards negative information and negative mm. energy because it's actually addictive. Mm. And I find myself doing that. So if I'm going through a phase where I'm like, oh, I feel a little bit, you know, a bit sort of unsettled, 
that's when maybe I'll start looking at the news. Mm. I'll use the news as an example. Mm. I hate the news, but and how depressing is the news? It's just mm. full of shit. It's really depressing. Mm. And you're just feeding off that negative information mm. and then before you know it you feel even worse mm. but then you could probably turn around and say oh that's what they want to happen well that's <laughs> i could say i could talk about that but i want to touch <sighs> on that exact thing but as a trauma mm. i was listening to joe Dispenza talk about it yesterday because you know going in and out of him every now and again but someone was i was talking to someone about trauma right mm-hmm. and how to overcome that but you could have like say 10 things that are just so amazing like this all these things that could like your new um, say you're in a relationship and your past relationship was your trauma, mm-hmm. but the 10 things that this new person offers you are so amazing. But one thing that they do, like they could do one thing that triggers a response inside you that activates that trauma from your past and all you've now focused on, you've forgotten the 10 possibilities. You're now thinking about the one negative possibility and that's all that's amplified in your life and that's all you think about. And then you start attaching to that thought, no, this is what's going to happen. Because you're now reliving your past trauma in today's Mm. present and you're feeling that pain and you're saying that's going to happen again. How do I protect myself? I've got to leave. Mm. That is so, so true. Mm. And without going into too much detail, Mm. um, because it's a very private matter and I want to protect some people um, in my life. But, you know, I mentioned to you a trauma that I experienced a long Mm. time ago. Mm. And that that has definitely had a huge impact on my relationships massively because yeah. it's only that just a split second, a slight, um, a slight feeling that bring takes me back to that time, mm. and that's it. Freeze. Mm. Yeah, it's. Um, so how do you do? You think you'll? How do you think you'll overcome it if you haven't now? Um. So this is a thing I've spoken to my therapist a lot, but it's actually. F- Noticing where, say, whereabouts in the house, especially, that those feelings come up. And she suggested just not going into that space (laughs) and going somewhere different because my body, for some reason, has just has automatically got this connection to the specific space in the house. Mm. Um, And I'm likely to be pulled back to that space. I don't know if that works. Do you know what I would, do you know what I'd say the exact opposite? Good, would you? Okay, this is I would say go straight into the fear and that's the only way you overcome it because the more Mm. you go to that space and you realise that it actually no longer exists, the only time it exists is a projection in what you think is going to happen. So you keep reaching, you keep going there and it's like, well, it's never appearing. It's like you, Mm. it's like when you're younger, right? And you're like, oh, there's boogeyman's in my cupboard. You look a hundred times, you're like, well, there's no fucking boogeyman. So (laughs) you stop looking. Yeah, that's so true. But you're so scared of the invisible darkness that as not there it's only in your mind yeah no that's that's actually a really good point yeah but, but it's, it's obviously but it's hard because it is hard you've now got to go to that space relive the pain feel the pain in that space and go well the pain doesn't mm. exist anymore because if you don't react to the pain then you stop perpetuating the cycle of that pain yeah. so if you go and sat in the trauma and don't attach to it just observe it mm. just to keep observing it and then it fucks off and then mm. you're free of it yeah that's so true but it is really, really uncomfortable. It's yeah. Hot, yeah, really, really hard. It would be. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. But then again, it's something that... <laughs> but, but you know what's also hard? <laughs> having the fact that you can't go to that part of your house and you can't um, grow. Yeah, no, that's so, so true. That's hard too. That's so you've so got to pick your hard. Yeah, that is very true. And it's, um, it's also, again, I got very attached to that part of me and as... A victim as well. Mm. I got very attached to being a victim, um, and I, I I've kind of broken away from that because I actually think I'm very very lucky 
compared to mm. other people out there. A lot of people out there have experienced far worse things than I ever have. So I kind of love let go of that. But for a long time, especially as a teenager, I was just, it was like I was in turmoil mm. and that filtered into everything, like just how I behaved as a person, mm. um, how I behaved with relationships, mm. my views on um, men. Mm. Um, I didn't, tr I had no trust. I lost so much trust because I lost that trust very young and my safety was gone mm. so again that like I had this hard shell around me mm. because I was terrified of getting hurt again are you have you opened that up yet to your partner now a lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating now my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat which is 10 days in silence but I understand this isn't practical for most people that's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. Yes, I have, but it's still, still a working progress. Mm. Yeah, but I think I'm more... Um, yeah, I think I'm just, I've just got to push past that a little bit more level of pain. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's amazing. Because I confided in, because we've known each other for a very long time since we were teenagers. So I confided in him when I was a teenager. So he's known a very, very long time. You what, sorry? Confided in him. What does that mean? Like, you know, spoke to him. Like, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. I went to, yeah, 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 I talked to him about it um, when I was a teenager. And um, so he's very, very good. And yeah, so I can't, I can't say a bad word uh, about how he's dealt with times in the past where things have yeah mm. been a bit hairy yeah he's been really good mm. um that's good mm, yeah but it's probably quite painful for him too mm. yeah but usually we attract the pain that we've got it so like this is my belief anyway we've we he's attracted this situation into his life obviously he can help you but he's mm. the triggers that are coming up when you're going through that mm -hmm. is what he has to deal with. Like yeah. whether it is just teaching him how to unconditionally love you for mm. that without reacting, without running mm. away. And of course, like his, um, the first thing he wants to do in any situation where I may be feeling pain or I'm upset is he just wants to fix it. Mm. And sometimes I don't want to be fixed. I just mm. want to be listened yeah. to and yeah. heard. Yeah. Um, but his natural reaction as my husband is to, he wants to fix me. Mm. He wants to care for me. He wants to look after me. Um, yeah. So that's a bit of an interesting, that's a very big tangent and that's a whole other um, conversation. But you don't want to go into it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. Yeah. Right, Only because, uh, yeah, there's, it's, um, there's a, yeah, just to protect people. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more meant along the, like, if you're a man in that situation, uh, how should you deal with that? Like the idea of fixing a woman or like, what, what should we do instead to, to pro like provide or protect just the situation? Just listen, talk, not just want to fix and say. What does fixing look like then? Like, I know you don't want to go into it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So. Using logic. Yes, yes. And it done sometimes, um, yes, okay. Sometimes, you know, when you think of things logically, you go, yeah, okay, I'm just being irrational, whatever. 
but sometimes we just need to be hurt, mm. you know. And um, I I remember back in the past with a previous um, partner years ago, you know, he didn't he just thought I was broken and in, in with regards to what happened, and then would just instead of being um, compassionate and and understanding if I was to freeze and not want to continue doing what we whatever we were doing, he would just say, oh, you're just using that as an excuse not to do whatever with me. And mm. I just, and that was when I was like, right, I need to, this, this guy is just not good for me. I need to, mm. yeah, that was just awful. And I carried that for a long time. So a better thing for, would have been for him to do? Him to have just held me and said, it's okay. Yeah. And just let me get whatever came up to come out of my body Mm. you know at that time it was my heart rate was up I felt like I was gonna have a panic attack Mm. um my breathing was you know I I just wanted to escape but I couldn't I I just froze and then he was just like oh you're just using that as an excuse and I was just I thought nah this is just no whereas Mm. my husband has when this has happened but with me and him he's just stopped and he said okay and he's just said it's okay and he's helped me and he's just let me, he's just just cried to let it out. Mm. Yeah, he's been beautiful in that way. Um, whereas I've experienced the complete opposite and oh gosh, it's hard. So in the other, the other man is obviously wasn't like strong enough in himself to no, be able to do that. Absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. And maybe he is now. Maybe he's now. Yeah, he's older, but yeah, at the time, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you put a shell on yourself, you protected yourself from mm. a young age. Do you think that that got broken down over time by being with this man who was able to be yes. the stronger one, for, yeah. like provo- like protect you so yes. you didn't need to protect yourself? Yes, and I do think I've changed a lot since I moved to Australia as well. Mm-hmm. It was like pulling myself away from um, – taking myself away from the UK was like – gave me like a new lease of, lease of life, which sounds a bit dramatic because all my family – back at home and I miss my family like crazy and my best friends that I've had for years are back home and of course I miss them like crazy but taking myself away from there and just starting afresh in somewhere completely different that no one knew me and I could just explore a different part of myself has been really healing so coming to Australia for me over the last five years I've grown so much in the last five years than I've ever grown in the previous 10 years where I was just battling this horrendous feeling and Mm. sensations you know but a lot of that has been also becoming aware of the beautiful community that's here on the sunshine coast as well and the um the yoga space and the Mm. you know conscious community so that's been awesome and i've realized we've gone on such a huge tangent from talking about periods (laughs) but we'll get back there what i want to get out of um you is whether you came out of a masculine role inside you when you had a masculine man in, inside in your life no I didn't oh, you didn't no and that's something that I'm still learning now actually bringing in more my feminine energy into play my yin mm-hmm. side I've always been in my masculine again mm-hmm. and that's just something I've learned from obviously witnessing my mum being a single mum and she had to just you know do everything she could just to provide for us so she had to take on both those roles and yeah so I I've been in that masculine space for a very long time like when I went to university I was in that space you know achieving doing 
And yeah, just constantly, and a really a, a learned behavior I have definitely got from my, my beautiful mum is a doer. Mm. And I've noticed that way more now that I do embody moments of stillness and practices that are nourishing, that nourish my feminine. Mm. Because yeah, my mum is just like, she do, does do, do. not stop. Because for her, it's uncomfortable when she does. Mm. It's really uncomfortable. She feels restless in her body. Mm. Um, and yes, yeah, so I learned that behavior. So I was a doer. And even sometimes now, like Nathan will say to me, gosh, you haven't just, you haven't stopped. And um, so that's been very stuck in my masculine and being mm. very sort of, yeah, like, no, I'll, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, mm. and avoiding bringing in that more feminine energy. I can think of so many, even my mum, but I can think of so many women like that now mm-hmm. we're, we're encouraged, encouraged to, to yeah. that's the thing like we're encouraged to you know like become more masculine in our energy mm. just with everything just mm. you know the way especially in the western world the way that we a lot of people live their lives is they're just constantly stuck in that masculine that yang energy mm. doing 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 be productive you can't you know it's seen as being unproductive if you're resting like mm. it's seen as a negative Mm. And it's not like rest is productive, mm. but yeah, like most jobs you look at, it's very much just productivity is the number one thing. Mm. So to do that, women do have to be very in their masculine to do that. Mm. This is yeah, and this is my problem with feminism because we, <laughs> I don't like I've I've got friends who you know look at me and go you know slow down or burn out real is real you should slow Mm. down but the only time i've ever really seen it is you know is when females try and go as hard as men in the work because Mm -hmm. i think men you know we've brought up hunting like if you stop you don't provide food Mm -hmm. so like we can keep go 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 we don't have a week where we sit inside Mm. and just bleed Mm. like we don't have that and it's interesting actually you say that because when I think of all the people that I know that including myself that have experienced burnout they actually they're all women yeah yeah because well, they're not meant they're trying to keep up with in a masculine world mm. in masculine jobs doing what men do competing with men you know no there's no competition mm. like it's not even it's not to put women down no it's just no, it's just no. you, they're just not going to compete no so we shouldn't be trying to encourage women to st- to do something that's not natural for them. Because mm, you're working against... Because you're not empowering women yeah. whatsoever. You're actually disempowering them. Actually, and in some <laughs> regards, I feel like we're becoming, like, not broken, that's a horrible word to use, but we're losing our essence yeah. in a way. And a point you made about when um, men don't obviously have their monthly bleed, that time now for me is I honour that week mm. um, to slow down and to nurture myself and mm. to actually go inwards and actually spend time at home doing really nurturing practices, whether that is, obviously I'm, I try and meditate every day, but whether that's actually doing more restorative yoga at home um, mm. or doing, um, actually just doing yoga nidra and that kind of thing. Like I actually make a point now of that week is a week for nurturing myself and letting my body do what it needs to do instead mm. of resisting that. And I have to say like now that I've um, sort of, brought that into my life my week of being on my period is when I feel the most feminine in my body mm. and when I feel and and I love that I feel so feminine and it's a beautiful feeling like I actually I love 
my period now. Whereas mm. I used to hate it. I used to see it as such a burden and because it was painful as well and I had lots of other issues around it. But now I don't, I'm lucky. I've worked, done a lot of work to not be in pain and mm. to have the negative impacts of what most women experience in their periods. And that week for me is I feel so feminine and I feel like such a woman and it's just... I can think, wow, my body is doing something so amazing. It's just amazing. Mm. I love it. I'm so like yeah, proud awesome. of it. I'm so proud of it. Um, yeah. Uh, have you noticed? Um, have you noticed in your relationship it gets if you're in your feminine more, it helps. Yeah. With your relationship. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a lot more softer. Mm. A lot more softer. Yeah, in myself. Instead of being a bit sort of, um, yeah, I'm a lot more softer and a lot more mm. nurturing. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Because mm. before it. I'd be really angry, you know. Yeah. PMT, you know. What's, what is that? <laughs> it's funny, my manager asked me the same thing yesterday. He's like, what is PMT? <laughs> it's like premenstrual tension. Right. And it can be worse. Um, it can be worse for women for so many different reasons. And I used to experience a really horrendous PMT and that'd be like irritability and mm. being really emotional, being angry. Um, they are some of the emotional impacts that it has, but physically it can be like um, breast tenderness and just the feeling, you just feel bloated. It's just, yeah, it can be really gross. And so because you feel gross, you project that out. Mm. And yeah, so I used to be that. And I noticed that a lot when I first came off the pill and my body was suddenly like, what the hell's going on? I've had all these synthetic hormones for 10 plus years or whatever. Yeah. 12 years. Mm. And so my body went into a really weird phase of trying to work out what the hell was going on. So for a few months when my body was starting to um, regulate itself, they were hell. Like my, my, I was awful to live with <laughs> because not only was my PMT really bad but then the week that I was on my period it was really painful so I was just I was just miserable mm. I was so miserable whereas now that I've done a lot of stuff which I'll talk about with you um in a bit um those symptoms are just pretty much for me now non-existent occasionally mm. they might creep in but that's normally because of other little factors and I address those and then it settles down again mm. Yeah, so premenstrual tension, it is a thing. So when us women are really angry and mm. can be really nasty, quite often we can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just our emotions are just controlled by these hormones. Mm. Um, I think uh, I heard once that, I don't know how true this is, but there's been times when um, women have actually committed murder oh, wow. of their partner. <laughs> and when they've been on trial and they've actually worked out that they were during that phase of being experiencing PMT, yeah, right. they kind of have, I don't know if they've reduced their sentence, but they've kind of gone, oh, okay, kind of makes <laughs> sense. And it's the same with ovulating apparently, not murdering people. When women are ovulating, of course, naturally their, their body on a primal level is looking for the yeah, most yeah. masculine male that they want to reproduce oh, so with having affairs yes apparently yeah. again i don't know how true this is this is just something that makes sense a friend of mine who's he's been around a long long time yeah. <laughs> he told me this and i was like that makes total sense because yeah you're just looking for that you want to, oh he looks like he'll produce some really good children mm. but you but unfortunately we get driven by the emotional side and then yeah. suddenly it's like oh why oh my gosh, I want to have an affair. It's like, well, no, your body's just wanting to reproduce and maybe yeah, yeah. that person just is what your body thinks mm. is the best 
candidate for that, which is really interesting. You can see why women would get very confused and are confusing because if every week, <laughs> if every week, <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for you guys. Changing, <laughs> your thoughts are changing based on your hormones. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and then if your hormones are all over the place, depending on so many factors, whether that's um, being on some kind of contraceptive or even um, like I was just. It wasn't until I moved to Australia that I became really aware just from meeting people that I know now and who I'm really good friends with, just the stuff that really impacts your hormones. Like I was so unaware and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I was so unaware with like synthetic fragrances, how much they impact mm. the hormone receptors and completely mess up the endocrine system. I had no idea. I used mm. to spray myself with perfect, like I just had no idea, mm. no idea at all. Obviously, I don't do that now. Like, I'm the complete opposite now. But I was so unaware. So everyone, unaware. I think everyone's unaware. You go into any gym and people are spraying bloody oh, gosh. aluminium yes. per, um, deodorant everywhere. I used to be that person too. I used to, you know, put, you know, whatever deodorant. in the deodorant. car with the fucking windows up. It's like, fuck, can you not do and that? I, I used to, <laughs> you become so sensitive to it as well yeah. when you're not. But, yeah, I used to also... Just whatever was the cheapest, um, or whatever was on special at the time for deodorant, I'd be mm. buying that. Whereas now I just use natural stuff that's got no aluminium in it, nothing. Mm. I was just so unaware. And it's the same with food, mm. you know, stuff that's maybe been sprayed or mm. is not organic or and tap water. Everything's trying everything. to poison us. I know you want to throw tap water in there, but, yeah, <laughs> but it's true. Everything is, and that's, I'm pretty sure, like, again, I heard somewhere, you know, in, a, in tap water, they can find hormones because of the what we're ingesting and then mm, yeah, right. I don't know if it's so much Probably. here but I know in the UK like they the water gets cleaned and then uh, gets put back into the system yeah and I'm pretty sure um run on, uh like farming sprays and pesticides yes. and yes. all that yeah um I was I saw something this morning they were talking it was talking about eating deep fried chips mm. and it if you have anything deep fried because in vegetable oil not in um butter mm -hmm you will be inflamed for two days. If you have a wow. cigarette, it's four to eight hours. Wow. So it's worse for you That's insane. to have deep fried chips wow. than to have um, a cigarette. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, damn. it's wild. Vegetable oil is real bad. I That's mean, it, crazy. It's really kind of coming out now. but Yeah, I've read a lot of stuff mm. about vegetable oil. And again, I, I was so unaware. Um, I would... And but I think even Do you wear I, sun cream? Yeah, since you're English. No. Oh, well, I wear sun cream, but... The stuff I wear is not the yeah. stuff that I would have used yeah. five years ago. Yeah. It's... Um, but what I, they reckon is if you're eating like an unhealthy diet, like vegetable oils, then you will burn because it's in your skin. Ah, oh, okay. I, have you seen those stupid videos where they cover themselves in vegetable oil mm. just to get tanned in 30 minutes? <laughs> oh, wow. So if you think you've got it inside you and then it's in your skin... <laughs> That's so true. I didn't think yeah. of it like that. And also... Um, eating and what you eat and then goes to deodorant and then it's like you probably wouldn't need to cover up your smells if you ate a healthy diet that no it's so true yeah yeah absolutely the, like worse your diet is the more you smell no that's so true yeah absolutely yeah um yeah it's just so i just i was just so unaware of all the things that could have been impacting um my cycle and as to why I could experience the pain I did and everything and the heaviness and the clotting mm. and everything. Yeah, it was just 
blew my mind. Mm. So yeah, I'm a lot more conscious of that now too. It's, when you be, like people will be listening to this, I reckon, and think this is so extreme. Like you know, just drink. We've got clean water. Just drink the water. Yeah. But it's like if you realize that once you come off everything. Mm-hmm. You can you don't get sick. Like I do not get sick. Mm. I haven't got COVID ever. I don't mm. believe it exists for that reason. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I haven't got sick. Like so many people get sick, but it's like mm. I sleep well, meditate, eat well, mm-hmm. don't put fucking shit ever on my body. Mm. Eat good water drink good water. Yeah. Spring water. I completely eat mostly agree. only organic. Meat has to be grass fed, grass yes. finished. Yes. Um oh, yeah, I agree with that actually. Because I know loads of, I know so many people that are constantly sick. Yeah. Constantly sick. And then I got bloody cold again. I'm like, how are you sick again? Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, emotional stress. This is the thing. Yeah, like, if you have emotional stress, then you have to meditate and you have to learn to manage that because you'll get sick. Yes. The last time I got sick, I had really, it was really bad emotional stress. Yes. And it was because of a toxic and you know relationship. And you know that stress, in, you will know this, I'm sure, but stress increases inflammation in the body. Mm. And once the body's inflamed, that's like the precursor to nearly every disease. Like they, they've said that when you, the root cause of most diseases is inflammation in the body. And then when you think of like emotional stress can cause that. I mean, we all need a bit of stress hmm. to allow our bodies to get stronger. Like our bodies need a bit of stress. But if you, but if you enforce the stress on yourself, yes. that then it's like you're building that tolerance. It's like having a uh, cold shower or an ice bath yes. or doing something difficult. Yes, like Bikram Yoga. Yeah, yeah like Bikram <laughs> Yoga. Yeah. Sitting in a sauna, coming to yeah. a podcast when, you've got, when you're anxious about it. Like doing yeah. anything that's hard, yeah. you build up the tolerance for it. Absolutely. Yeah, so yes inflammation in the body and that can also be a, a, a reason as to why um, some women experience extremely painful periods as well is excess inflammation in the body whether that's from mm. what you're eating or emotional stress or, or maybe a, everything as a whole um, yes that's really interesting reducing the inflammation can have a huge impact on your on how you feel just even mentally I think like you feel more mentally clear yeah definitely like yeah and so, yeah, like I've, I've changed. Yeah, like I remember when I went back to the UK and I was I was like, I'm not drinking tap water. Everyone was like, why? Like <laughs> everyone thinks I'm, they think I'm a bit weird. <laughs> everyone thinks I'm a bit weird. Except for my little niece. She's really amazing. She's like, she goes, oh, Auntie Charlie, I've learned so much from you in the last two weeks. You're so interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting or weird? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because once you start to learn, then you are interesting. Because people mm. are like, oh, wow. Because people live these such robotic lives. Yeah, they do. They just don't question anything. Yes, they, they do. do not question a thing. And, and I, yeah. Their I'm, lives, if you look at it, I guarantee every single day is more or less the exact same as yesterday. Yeah. They won't drive a different way. They won't eat a different food. They won't go to bed a different time. They won't wake up a different time. They won't talk to different people. Mm. Like the same rope. Like you're, why are you even alive? Uh, I know that happens a lot here, but I, I noticed that massively when I went back to the UK. Mm. And I had to like take myself off for walks on my own like every day just to clear my head. And I was just like looking around at people thinking what the hell's going on? Like, this is nuts. Yeah, fully stuck just, in the matrix. Yeah, and like, just literally consumerism as well. Oh my gosh, it seems really, it seems to be on another level in the UK. Like, everyone's just, oh man, it was just busy. I think the, oh, bigger, I think the bigger the city you go to, the worse it is. Oh yeah, this is why I love living where I live now. Yandina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I live in Amble. And I, even now, I'm just like, fuck, Amble's getting too busy. Yeah, I think about Yandina sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I hope it doesn't get much busier. Like, I like my little country town. It's so beautiful. But yeah, like, that was a big shock to the system. Going back to the UK, where where I've been living for the last five years, and then going back to the UK. I was, and then within two days, 
I was like, oh, I can't wait to go back to Australia. Hmm. Even I mean, Australia's not perfect. But I went to no, Melbourne perfect, two or three weeks ago. And oh, yeah, I saw I that. was like, oh. Yeah. Did you feel dirty? Yeah. It's so <laughs> shit. Fucking hell. It's the shittest place. Melbourne's finished, everyone. Like, completely done. Yeah, Melbourne. It's communism. Yeah, it's disgusting. There's cameras everywhere. It's There's police everywhere. The place sucks. Yeah, it's gross. If I've you're only in been Melbourne, get the fuck out. Yeah, I've only been there once. Um, and, I, and, I, and that was ages ago now. That was... God, 2019, I went there and I remember I was only there for a weekend and it was, you know, it was great, but I couldn't wait to get away from the city. Like I left mm. the UK really. One of the things is I just want a quiet life, mm. not a quiet life as in like a sedate life doing nothing, but mm. just get away from the noise. Yeah. It was so noisy. And, it, and I really noticed that when I went back home, I was just like, wow, this is just insane. Mm. And everyone is just and I just when I when I went grocery shopping back home as well, I was just picking up the food, the fresh produce. I'm going to say fresh in inverted commas, mm. and like avocados were from Colombia. Yeah, it's crazy. I was like, "Fuck, we're so lucky in Australia that most of our stuff." Yeah. Well, the food that I get is local yeah. grown anyway. Um, I refuse to go to the supermarkets now to buy my fresh produce because mm. I'd rather support local businesses anyway. But the nutrient density in the food that you're going to buy at a farmer's market is so much better because oh, they absolutely. care for the soil. Exactly. And if the soil life isn't there, then the food has oh, no, it's no nu- nutrients. nutrients at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. They. I listened to a podcast um, a while ago and the, the guy that was on was, was trying to raise awareness as just to how damaged the soil is now. And I think he said we've got like 30 years left of like really good soil and that's about it, mm. which is pretty terrifying actually. It's so scary. we need to support regenerative farming. Yes, absolutely. Anything that builds topsoil. Yes, definitely. And um, he was saying that, I can't remember the exact amount, but compared to what you would have needed to eat say in like the early 1900s to what it, we have to eat like quadruple the amounts of mm. that product now to get the same um, nutrient density, density yeah. to what we would have done a hundred years ago. Yeah, and you just wild. go, wow, that is insane. And that's really scary. Yeah. That's Crazy. why everyone's getting sick. Yes. Because we're, we think we're eating healthily, but actually mm. it's just got no goodness in it whatsoever. No. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We've gone so quite yeah, the tangent. We have, yeah. But yeah, reducing <laughs> toxicity in the body is a really great way of, for me, it was a really great way of helping to um, regulate my periods and make them less painful. Yeah. And there's a lots of, there was a few different ways in which I've done that. So would you like to, when you, you're obviously in your feminine during your um, period, buddy, you would like to have that through the rest of the month too? Oh, I'd love that. And I, it does come out through my, when I'm teaching yoga though. It does. Yeah. yeah like I, I, I've, I've taught a few different sort of styles of yoga and I know for me personally, like power yoga is not my thing. Mm. I'm just, doesn't feel comfortable for me. Like I like doing it as a practice, Mm. but not all the time, but I do like a powerful practice sometimes, but as a teacher, it just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't flow for me. I feel, I don't feel authentic. Whereas when I'm teaching yin, which is yin is very much, or yin is the feminine energy in the body. Mm. When I'm teaching yin, when I'm teaching restorative, when I'm teaching gentle, like it just feels natural and just flows. And I feel, and I love teaching that sort of, Mm. that sort of style of yoga Um, and allowing people to come to that space as well, Mm. especially women, you know, because sometimes the yoga class is the only time in that week that they've actually been able to stop and give yeah. back to themselves. So to yeah. offer a nurturing practice, I think is really important. Mm. And I feel like we need more of those practices now more than ever. Yoga definitely helped me on my early, I don't do enough of it these days, but I mean, I came to the yin with you. Mm. And, but yoga definitely helped 
yeah. Zenko back in the day, yeah. 2014, oh, 2015. Mm. But yeah, definitely helped my yeah. journey. Yeah. What would it, was that? Would you say that was like mentally, physically, or both? Um, I'd say it, it was physically, but mental, um, spiritually is the most mm. because you know learning how to breathe. Yes. I remember first learning how to do the ujjayi breath, mm. and then just conversations with like Lauren before and after class. I used to stay back and just talk to her because I was yeah. so interested by. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. I had no idea about anything at the time. Mm. So yeah. I just ask her all these random questions about Yeah, life. she just had the she seemed to just have the answers to everything too. Yeah. <laughs> she was amazing and um yeah, like she just saw potential in everybody. Yeah. I remember like before I'd even finished my teacher training with Zenko, she just asked me, "Do you want a job?" And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> yeah." And she's like, yeah, I want to give you a job. I was like, oh, okay. And she's just so matter of fact about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. And because uh, I was just like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to be a good enough teacher to teach. I can't teach yoga, blah, 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 you know, saying all these negative things about myself, but she saw potential. And when I then would suggest the otherwise, she'd be like, no, why would you think that? And she'd be very blunt, but yeah. it was like tough love. That's, and that's literally what I me love at the studio. Her. Yeah. It's like everyone I employ, it's like, they can't do pottery. And they're like, what do you mean? Um, you'll be fine. We'll teach you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. I'm like, oh, I can't make pottery. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she was a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Lesson. Yeah. But yeah, definitely learning how to breathe, learning how to observe. Obviously, Shavasana is the start of meditating. Mm. Um, and it just like, it, once you start to learn how to breathe. Oh, it's a game changer. It's just everything. And did you notice as well, when you first started doing your, when you first started doing your Shavasana, were you just like, I can't wait to get out of this? Like you just couldn't wait to leave? <laughs> Maybe like, no, nah, I don't think so. I always fell asleep and I thought Did it was you? best. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because when I first started, um, so I first started learning to breathe properly during Bikram yeah. Yoga because yeah. it, the amount of time you just breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose. And um, of course, when you're, um, when you're exerting yourself, mm. a lot of people naturally just end up panting don't they and actually just yeah. increases your yeah. stress level in the body your heart yeah. rate everything so the whole whole point of um breathing through your nose through bikram is to keep yourself at that level where you are in control and so bikram yoga for me was what made me realize actually just how poor my breathing was how much i was at shallow upper chest breather which contributes to feeling anxious as well mm -hmm. For some people, it did for me. But yeah, so that taught me to, so Bikram taught me to breathe properly. And then I would notice for a long time at the end of the Bikram yoga class, when we'd come down to Shavasana and we were advised to stay there for at least five minutes. I mean, to me now, I want to be in Shavasana for like 10, 15 minutes now. But for the first, those first, like that first year, every time I got to Shavasana, I was the first student out of that room. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Oh, really? Um, get me out of here. Whereas now... I, I would lay there for like two hours. Oh, God. Now I'm, I'm like that now. Like, I yeah. just don't want to get up. I'm like, this is... And it's the best... It's the most important part of any yoga practice is the Shavasana. Yeah. You're like marinating in the practice that you've just done. You're allowing your body to really just absorb everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. But for a long time... And it's because I was not comfortable with being still. Yeah. I was very uncomfortable. Mm. So it's just learning to embody that more feminine energy of coming to stillness and mm. um, allowing that discomfort to come up. Mm. Would you say that, like how, if you're a woman, right, and you're very, in your you're masculine, like you've got dreams and ambitions, mm. I feel like a lot of them would kind of, if 
they heard this, they'd say, oh, no, you're trying to take my goal, my dreams and mm-hmm. stuff away from me. Do you think mm-hmm. you would lose that? Or do you, or do you think that like, if you were fully in your feminine, do you think that you would have no kind of material, how much, how do I say this? Like goals, dreams, or do you think you would, but you would seek masculine energy to help you do that? I think we all, we'd all need our masculine energy. We, we all need we masculine all need energy. It, yeah. we all, and like just as much as males need their feminine energy yep. as well. Everything yep. works better when it's in balance, yep. doesn't it? Yeah. I personally, for me, and I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody else, but I personally, for me, noticed that if I'm actually taking the time out to be still and just observe, that's when a lot of my creativity comes up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I'm like just doing, 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 and it's just like in the back of my mind, the, the thoughts that I might have about a project is very scattered and it just doesn't piece together. Mm. Um, it's like I'm taking some time out today mm. to actually just be at home on my own. I probably don't have any... If I have music on, it'll be like meditation music and it'll be mm. really low. But I want to just actually take some time out so I can sit mm. and really think and cultivate what I want to um, do. Correct. Yeah, what I want to create. Whereas if I'm trying to do, if I'm trying to multitask, you just can't. They actually say multitasking is, is just a farce. It's not actually good for you. You can't no. multitask. No. Your brain is designed to focus on one task at a time. Yeah. But women, we're like, oh, yeah, I can multitask. Because a lot of us can, we can, but does that mean that we're actually, if we're multitasking, does that mean that each of those tasks is being really sort of done properly? I don't think so. And it's all slower as well. Mm. Because your brain's got to go one to the other. I know when I come out of a pasana and I go to work, I'll get so much more done in so little time. Like if I'm meditating morning and night, I'll get everything done quicker and like I'll write the biggest list and it's done and I'm just like oh fuck I'm done already because mm. you just go in do the one job move to the next one do that mm. do, do that do that mm. but if I go in I've got a big list and then my phone's always ringing or I've got three screens open say and I'm doing like four different things at once I'll do it but it's like it's, it's overwhelming taking, it's, isn't it it's taking longer yeah yeah and it does yeah it's really overwhelming yeah so mm. uh, yeah I, I feel like um yeah, be if the feminine energy can for a lot of people can can allow them to create. Well, the, that's where creation comes exactly. from. Exactly. Right? So no, I don't think saying coming into your mm. feminine is taken away your it's, chance. Of it's just learning how to go into one or the other. Yeah, and just bringing the masculine in when it's needed. Yeah, just as much as bringing the feminine in when it's needed as well. Mm. But for a lot of us, we're stuck in our masculine. We are, like for a lot of women, we are. And for a lot of men, they've just not got this feminine energy coming in where they need to have that feminine energy mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about balance, right? Yeah, you want to be able to, especially for men, you want to be able to do, but then you also want to be able to silence and sit down. Mm. Yeah. You mm. want to be a monk and a warrior. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, good chat. Shall I explain as to how one, how actually for me, how I've managed to get my periods better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was experiencing some really weird back pain. Uh, I think it was last year. And it was like, all I can describe it as is um, like a dull aching sensation down my legs. And it would happen a couple of times a month. And then I was starting to think, oh gosh, is there something wrong with my spine? I'm doing all this yoga. Like what the hell? You know. Yeah. So um I've been seeing a chiropractor for a long time and they were even just like, I don't really know what's wrong with you. <laughs> like you've stumped us. Like I don't understand. Like we've done mm. everything we can and you're still experiencing this pain. It's, we don't know. So I was like, oh, okay. So I stopped going to a chiropractor and then I decided, right, I'm going to try an osteopath because I've heard that they're a bit more um, gentle in their approach and they look at your body as a whole. Mm. So I went to 
um, an osteopath in Noosa, Sophie Tolan. She's amazing. The Home Body Clinic. I've said I'm going to name drop her because she's amazing. And she yeah. she sat me down and she just took a history of as to my pain. And she said to me, do you experience, what's your periods like? And I was like, oh, they're really heavy and they're painful. She's like, okay. She goes, well, I don't, she's like, I don't think it's actually your spine, but we'll do, let's just get a scan done, an MRI, and just make sure that there is nothing in your spine that's causing this pain. She goes, I feel like it's going to be more um, related to your periods. Mm. And then she sort of did some, she felt my body and she she actually massaged my diaphragm, which sounds really weird and it feels really weird. Mm. It feels good at the same time. And she said to me, she's like, how well do you breathe? And I was like, mm, probably not very well. Mm. She said, oh, I can tell your diaphragm is just like, it's full of knots. It's knotted. Mm. It's not moving very well. And that's having a huge impact on how my lymphatic system was draining. Like it wasn't mm. draining properly. And it was weird. As soon as she released my diaphragm, you could just hear the liquid in my body moving. It was so weird. And she said to me, I really feel like the reason you're getting this weird pain down your legs is not from your spine. It's actually from your uterus. Mm. The nerves are irritated and the organs irritated and the organ is what's creating that pain. It's just sending messages to the body and it's just happening to manifest in the, the pain in the legs. And she said, I think you've probably got a lot of stagnated blood in there from not your lymphatic system's not draining properly. So she said to me, she did some stuff. She did some like poking and prodding and, you know, whilst explained to me what was happening. And she said, when are you due on? I said, oh, I'm actually due on tomorrow if I, if it comes on at the right time. She goes, I think you're going to notice quite a different bleed. She goes, I think you're going to experience a lot of clotting come out. She goes, I think you're full of stagnant blood. Mm. And then she also said to me, um, maybe see a naturopath as well and get some like support Mm. you know um herbal support so anyway lo and behold the next day i came on and it was like horrendous and i was like wow all this it's just crazy how much and stagnant blood was causing Mm. it was just irritating my uterus which was causing all this pain and inflammation in my body so i went i I saw her quite a few times and she continued to do what she did but then i also started seeing uh, my naturopath sarah ditchfield and she sat down with me and she said the same thing. She's like, took a big detailed history. What's your periods like? Painful, clotting. Mm. Um, and she'd asked me, what does your blood look like? She's like, is it bright red or is it dark? And I was like, oh, it's dark. She goes, okay, that's stagnant. Stagnant blood, it's like old blood in your body. Like your mm. body's just not detoxifying properly. It's not getting rid of everything and it needs to get rid of. She says, you're meant to have bright, it's meant to be bright red. But for yeah, most wow. people, women I speak to, it's not. It's like dark, clotting, yeah, wow. gross. Um, so she took, she did a big detailed history. She explained to me that, um, for a lot of people who get stuck in that fight or flight response, you know, the adrenal glands are what, you know, regulate your stress hormones, your cortisol, adrenaline. They also, um, have a big impact on your regulation of progesterone and your progesterone is needed, um, in your cycle as well, like healthy levels of progesterone is needed. And she explained to me that. Um, when you are sucking that fight or flight response, your adrenal glands are like, I haven't got time to worry about progesterone. I just need to keep firing, producing mm. this cortisol and adrenaline because this, this body is in, um, a dangerous situation it needs to get out. So progesterone gets pushed to one side and that can then have a huge impact on the hormonal balance in the body, which has a huge impact on maybe, um, 
pain, um, clotting, breast tenderness, same with estrogen. If there's weird levels of estrogen in the body, the liver's not detoxifying the body properly. That has a huge impact on um, the hormonal balance in the body as well. So she did some bloods with me um, to see if I was lacking anything as well. And lo and behold, I was lacking things like vitamin D. <laughs> um, so over time, we got some good supplements in, changed a few things with just, she was always like, you need to rest. When you are on your period, you need to rest. She was really much like, it's so important. Your body needs to be allowed to do what it needs to do. It's healthy to rest. Mm-hmm. Um and she also, she, she got, she got obviously a full detailed history of me and then she um, made up a tonic that was sort of um, redesigned for me only, shows different levels of different herbs. And she said, we'll do this for a couple of months. It was a little bit expensive, but it was so worth it. Do it for a couple of months and just see how we go. And then we may have to just put you onto a, a like a dry herb, which is a lot more um, cheaper in, in the long run. And I tell you what, the first two months of taking that tonic, oh my gosh, transformed everything. I would suddenly yeah, had wow. no PMT, no PMT, no pain. Um, yeah, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. So then after two months, we stopped that. And then I went on to um, this dry herbal form, which I take daily. Mm. And touch wood, touch my head. <laughs> I haven't had problems ever since but it's also about reducing inflammation in the body as well so she was talking about certain oils that are not great for the body um, and all that kind of thing as well and doing all the things to reduce inflammation because the more inflammation in the body Mm. the more the body's toxic the more you're going to feel pain the more the cycles are completely mixed up the hormone levels are all over the place um so yeah and another thing that you know, it's just time and investment, isn't it? With anything. Hmm. I think the trouble is uh, a lot of people just want a quick fix. Yeah, definitely. They just want a quick fix. And it's, you know, anything like this, you need to put the time and effort in. And sometimes, yeah, it costs a little bit of money, but so worth it. Hmm. So like my go-tos now are obviously diet's a huge thing. Good, clean water is another good thing. Is a huge thing, actually. Not a good thing, it's a huge thing. Um, resting when you need to rest, Breath. especially during that. Yeah, breathing properly. Breathing properly. Yep, breathing properly. And another controversial subject is like coffee enemas too. Yeah, right. Amazing. Really? Game changer. Yeah. Yeah. New Earth Cafe got me onto those. I went on a retreat with them and um, Sarah was like, oh, you do know you'll be doing a coffee enema whilst you're here. I was like, sorry, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I was horrified. I was like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) And then, yeah, so I I went along, did it. Yeah, cool. And then ever since then... I've been doing those and I do those a, spe- a lot. I do them weekly anyway, but when it's coming up to my period, I'll do a couple, like a few days in a row. Yeah, well. Game changer. And if I have any feeling of like period cramps and I'm at home, I'll go and do a coffee enema. And it's amazing how quickly that pain's alleviated because yeah, it's right. reducing the inflammation and the toxicity in the body. Yeah, right. And they used, I think they, f- they first, um, do you know much about them? Not really. No, you might end up using it. You might end up trying them now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not. Um, they first came across them in World War One as a use for pain management for wounded soldiers when yeah. morphine, um, morphine stocks are really low. Mm. And they were, they just, I don't know, I don't know what made the doctors and nurses decide to try this, but there was something that 
they mm. saw and were like, oh, let's try this. And because it reduced the inflammation in the soldiers' bodies, it allowed them to heal a lot quicker and it was great for pain management. Interesting. And so ever since then, it's just, so it's not a new fad. It's been going on for a long time. But mm. people think it's a new weird fad that people are now getting into that only the hippies get into. And I'm like, no. <laughs> the more people I speak to, the more people I go, go, oh, yeah, I do those. Yeah, well. Yeah, oh, okay, cool. Might give it a go. Yeah. If you need to, um, need any information, yeah, <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel as much pain anymore by changing my diet and getting off so many different mm. things. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. It has such a huge, the most simplest things are usually the things that work the best. Like your... Like your breathing, breathing, mm. meditating, like eating tape, properly. tape your mouth up when you go to sleep if you're a mouth breather. Yes, yes. And, but I think learning to like I think people are taping their mouths up and then during the day breathing out of their mouth a lot. I think you've got to mm. like be very conscious of it for a while mm. throughout the day. Yes, yeah, huge. Mouth breathing's a massive, mm. massive thing. Have you read the book Breath? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I recommend it to someone the other day actually because they they were really off all these problems they've got and like sleep apnea and snoring and mm -hmm. tooth toothaches and decay, tooth decay. Apparently, yeah. one of the number one things for tooth decay is um, mouth breathing. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's crazy. I said, sugar. Him, I said, just tape your mouth up, and he looked at me like I was an idiot. I was like, <laughs> just something so it. simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Hey. It's interesting, mm. but yeah. But you can regulate your, you know, if you get an ice bath, or if you get emotions come up, if you're mm -hmm. no, breathing through your nose, mm. consciously observing it, they mm -hmm. just, ev everything goes away. Mm. It's amazing. As soon as I, you know, as soon as I feel a little bit sort of, I know you hate the word anxious, but if I feel, oh, mm. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, mm. just breathing properly for a few minutes, just not really being aware of it and that's taking time out to sit there and, and watch my breath. It's amazing how quickly that uncomfortable uh, sensation dissipates. I know Callan and Jake from Corrective Culture. Oh, yes. They, those guys. I think they have helped a lot of women with their periods by just teaching them how to breathe. Wow, mm. that's amazing. There's so much more out there than just going and getting a pill to fix everything. Yeah. Because quite often you take one pill that leads to another problem, so you have to take another pill and yeah, so on. Like, it's a vicious cycle. Oh, my gosh. So, so bad. Yeah, it's very interesting. But I a think lot of people Western really medicine think. has its place, but it it, does. It's, not, it's not in subscriptions. No, <laughs> it has its place. And it, and it, you know, like if you've got to think, if it wasn't for penicillin... You know, but then you know, you think about like antibiotics as well. We've overused those, and now we've got these crazy bugs that we can't control mm. because we've overused this these antibiotics for things that we probably didn't need to use them for. And vaccines. Yeah, well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But the thing is. Uh, I think people are, a lot of people are so comfortable. Uh, they just, when they start looking into other things that it's, you know, it's uncomfortable to learn this new stuff. And then you start questioning everything. It brings up a lot of uncomfortable yeah. thoughts. And then it's like, for a lot of people, they go, oh, I don't want to know. They'll just turn mm. away from it. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. It, ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Until you realize how much it's affecting you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up there. Yeah. Nice talking to you. Thank yeah, you for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> we didn't really plan what we were going to talk no, about. No, we didn't. Started and from just the yeah, pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of went on a tangent on everything else, actually. But yeah, the the key to the thing is that, yes, it has its place, but there's also other things that can really, really help. It's mm. just you've got to be willing to put the work and the effort in. Yep. That's like anything. Metaphor for anything. It is. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Charlie. No worries. Thank you. <laughs>